Welcome to Flow State, a podcast designed to help you focus. And I'm your host, Bobby Light, here to provide the soundtrack to your work. You're listening to the talk-only version of Flow State. In this version, I've removed the music so you can re-listen to or share a specific topic I've discussed. Eventually, I may even expand on the topics with longer talk-only episodes, discussing deep work, neurology, peak performance, and of course, the science of flow. Enjoy! Today, I want to discuss the amazing gift of responsibility we have as humans. This gift is made possible by the first gift we have been granted, which is the unique ability to think about our thinking. As a result of this, we humans are the only living species on the planet that are capable of choosing our response to a stimulus and thus giving the meaning to the word responsible, that is, response-able, the ability to choose our response to life. Let's dive into this. In the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen R. Covey discusses how this ability separates us from the animal kingdom. We are not our feelings. We are not our moods. We are not even our thoughts. The fact that we can think about these things separates us from them and from the animal world. Even the most intelligent animals have none of these endowments. To use a computer metaphor, they are programmed by instinct and or training. They can be trained to be responsible but they can't take responsibility for that training. In other words, they can't change the programming. They're not even aware of it. Reading this reminds me of my parents' dog, Yoshi. Sometimes it amazes me how intelligent she seems with her mischief around the house. Sometimes I'll catch her making a mess, digging a hole in a potted plant so she can save her dog treat for later. Observing this is both adorable and amazing, but it can be simply explained by the evolution of her species and her genetics. She also has no ability to understand why she does this, let alone observe herself as she's doing it. She is simply responding to instinct, a program built into her DNA. Unlike her, I can observe my own behavior. And also question it. I can look at my instinct to eat chocolate at every meal and then question whether it's beneficial. And then I can choose to reprogram my behavior. This ability is what makes human potential unlimited. That is, if only we choose to exercise it. Viktor Frankl discovered and chose to exercise this ability in the harshest of conditions as a Holocaust survivor. One day, naked and alone in a small room, he began to become aware of what he later called 
the last of the human freedoms. The freedom his Nazi captors could not take away. They could control his entire environment. They could do what they wanted to his body. But Viktor Frankl himself was a self-aware being who could look as an observer at his very involvement. His basic identity was intact. He could decide within himself how all of this was going to affect him. Frankl used the human endowment of self-awareness to discover a fundamental principle about the nature of man. Between stimulus and response, man has the freedom to choose. Frankl exercised his small embryonic freedom until it grew larger and larger, until he had more freedom than his Nazi captors. He became an inspiration to those around him, even to some of the guards. He helped others find meaning in their suffering and dignity in their prison existence. This story illustrates just how powerful this basic human endowment is. Between stimulus and response, we have the ability to choose. What this also means is that whether we decide to use this ability or not, we are responsible for the life we have. By understanding this, we can make a huge step towards living a life of autonomy and freedom. Between stimulus and response, humans have the ability to choose. The understanding and practice of this is what shifts us from being a reactive person to a proactive person. Highly proactive people recognize and practice their ability to choose, while reactive people transfer responsibility to an external force. Here is Stephen R. Covey describing some poignant examples of reactive behavior. Reactive people are often affected by their physical environment. If the weather is good, they feel good. If it isn't, it affects their attitude and their performance. On the other hand, proactive people can carry their own weather with them, whether it rains or shines makes no difference to them. They are value-driven. And if their value is to produce good quality work, it is not a function of whether the weather is conducive to it or not. Proactive people are still influenced by external stimuli, but their response to the stimuli is a value-based choice or response. Reactive people are also affected by their social environment. When people treat them well, they feel well. When people don't, they become defensive or protective. Reactive people build their emotional lives around the behavior of others, empowering the weaknesses of other people to control them. At the core of these examples, Stephen describes a reactive person's intent to transfer responsibility. The language of reactive people absolves them of responsibility. That's me. That's just the way I am. There's nothing I can do about it. 
I can't do that. I just don't have the time. Something outside me, limited time, is controlling me. I have to do it. Circumstances or other people are forcing me to do what I do. I'm not free to choose my own actions. That language comes from a basic paradigm of determinism. And the whole spirit of it is the transfer of responsibility. I am not responsible, not able to choose my response. I have to admit, some of these examples hit pretty hard for me. I have been, and still am at moments, very guilty of blaming my circumstances, specifically limited time or health. I just don't have enough time is something I've said to myself very often. But as many of my patrons know, last year I hit a breaking point with the statement I don't have. I caught myself saying I don't have enough health as I was feeling pain in my body. But I finally stopped that train of thought. I'm done telling myself I don't have enough. From now on, I choose to express that I have more than enough health, time, money, whatever it is, I have more than enough to live the life I want. In that moment, I felt an energy surge through my body, and I kid you not, the pain disappeared. My mind and body were now focused on what I wanted to create, as opposed to the thoughts of blaming external circumstances. Looking back at this, I now see that I was shifting my behavior from reactive to proactive. I was taking responsibility. And so today, I regularly ask myself, how are you absolving yourself of responsibility? What limits have you put on yourself and your life? How are you telling yourself you don't have enough? I want to end with Stephen explaining the self-fulfilling prophecy of the words we speak to ourselves. A serious problem with reactive language is that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. People become reinforced in the paradigm that they are determined and they produce evidence to support the belief. They feel increasingly victimized and out of control, not in charge of their life or their destiny. They blame outside forces, other people, circumstances, for their own situation. It's not what happens to us, but our response to what happens that hurts us the most. Thanks for listening today. Wishing you the awareness of self and the practice of choosing your response to life. And until next time, keep on flowing.